the, the founder of this amazing, amazing platform and this vision, Bambi Hakula. Are you good, Mambi? I'm fine, Samixon. How are you? I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed to be in your presence and to be officially today, you know, uh, getting the role, getting the ball to roll. This is where the road hits the rubber. So I'm so excited. Me too. And uh, I must welcome uh, the viewers this evening. It's a very exciting and very um, warm, um, warming up the event tonight that we really appreciating this moment uh, that uh, we are launching the masterclass uh, for women in leadership that will be focusing on making sure that we build, bring more and build more uh, trailblazers, women that will lead uh, the continent, women in business that can make a difference. And I think tonight's uh, uh, focus really will actually help us map the way. Yeah. No, I'm truly, I'm truly excited. In fact, I can't wait to get the conversation going. Uh, give me an indication, Mambi, if we can officially start the show or we're still waiting for some people to, to register. Give me a cue. I think we can start with the program. All right. Time management. I think we... Absolutely. Okay. I'm convinced that uh, the world is going through what I call leadership recession now, but particularly Africa is going through leadership recession and no nation can grow beyond the quality of its leadership as we all, all know, because the success of every nation is determined by the quality of its leaders. This is what happens when thinkers keep quiet and they relegate the fate of people to, to only politicians. And it is platforms like this where we seek to develop to build and also to release leaders, particularly women across the African continent. I mean, we know the time that we find ourselves in right now, not only in Africa, but throughout the world where there's a global crisis. But at the time of global crisis, this is where we need leadership most because it is leaders in this particular time when people are in despair, when people are discouraged, when people lose direction. It is leaders who inspire people, number one. Number two, it is leaders who provide direction. These things are two important things. So. Asset, it is part of that platform, particularly Asset on Air, to say, what can we do for women? Can we identify those women who are going to play a critical part in the area of leadership, but also in the area of entrepreneurship? So ladies and gentlemen, you are welcome. Wherever you are, you are welcome. And we know this is the beauty of online because we are beaming everywhere we are throughout the world. We will be asking life's biggest questions in this particular platform. We will, leave, we will leave no stone unturned because this is the real issues will be discussed. The real questions will be asked. Real people will be coming into this platform. It is not just one of those, but it is truly the platform where we seek to turn the tide about everything that is happening in the world today. It's a powerful network and it is my honor today, ladies and gentlemen, to welcome the founder and the president of Africa for Africa Women Empowerment, the founder of Women Building Our Africa, Primary Cooperative Financial Services. She's the founder of Asset Media. Now, Asset on Air, it's also a segment or a division of Asset Media, and she is the founder of that, and a co-founder of Chair of Women of Africa Arise Forum, which unites women's organizations and professionals across the continent. She's a transformational leader in action and a champion of women 
youth empowerment, a life coach and a mentor. In recognition of her transformational leadership and acknowledgement of her outstanding leaders, she has received so many accolades locally and internationally. Uh, I mean, prestigious, amazing. Boasa Woman, which is Business Women of the Year uh, Award in government, in government category. The Women Super Achievers, you know, at the 26th World HRD Congress in India. Inspiring Leadership Award at the Africa Builders Forum in Abidjan, Cote d'Ivoire. To name a few, she's an amazing human being, an alumnus of Harvard University and also various universities in South Africa. I mean, if I can go on to read your qualifications, Mambi, we may as well dedicate this hour just to your profile. Officially, let me welcome you to the first must leadership masterclass. Thank you very much, SMX. You were actually raising the expectations from people. Too much introduction sometimes is not very good, eh? <laughs> I can tell them that there's no way they can be disappointed. Ladies and gentlemen, Ms. B. Hakula is sitting with me today in conversation. Going forward, she will be the host. She is the host, actually, where she'll be facilitating many conversations. So I'm so excited to be doing this with you today, Mambi. Me too. Thank you very much. Yeah. <sighs> today, at, yeah. Looking at the uh, current situation, SMX, uh, the topic that will outline briefly uh, is it's very crucial that we really yeah. focus on the positives and the negatives of COVID-19. Yeah. So this is very important to set the foundation to make a difference in the continent. Absolutely, very important. Actually, when I was, uh, when we were preparing for the show, I think this question is important and we are at a stage now where we are not just defining the problem in the African continent but we are also articulating and coming up with the answers. Hence our topic today, is COVID-19 disruptive or a catalyst for a transformed workplace conducive for women executive to thrive? I'm sure if we were to ask anyone, a bypasser, you know, is COVID-19 disruptive? That we have an answer to. The answer is yes, it is disruptive because it has disrupted our lives. I mean, it has disrupted life as we know it. It has changed life as we know it. But the, but the topic goes further to say, or is it a catalyst for a transformed workplace that is conducive for women executive to thrive? I want to make just a quick pre, uh, prelude before I hand over to you, Mambi, to say what COVID-19 has done. In fact, it has pushed us or challenged us to change how we look at the concept of work. For many of us, it was, we wake up and then we go to work. In fact, work was something that is outside of us. Work was something that is out there. But this particular period has said, no, 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 wait. Maybe you carry work within you. But the most important thing is the environment where you don't have to wake up in the morning to go somewhere. You can actually work where we are. That is why I believe this question is important. But it's important for women because we know the conditions that women have been subjected to. So I'm going to allow you to expand on your understanding of this topic. Thank you very much. I think the first thing uh, we need to look at is the conditions of work that currently prevail in the workplace. Yeah. That challenge women executives in terms of uh, work-life balance in that they need to choose between family and work. And now COVID-19 has thrown the spanner on the way and said, by the way, 
what was looked at as a privilege, it's a norm. Because now mm -hmm. women are taken back to their families to stay, work from home. But mm -hmm. and then from the point of the kind of leadership that we have, which requires transformational leadership in the sense that one, there has to be an element of trust. Secondly, the disengagement of uh, employees working from home and interacting with their superiors or supervisors remotely, it therefore means that you are forced to, to develop self-directed teams. Now, I want to come into the point why I thought it's important to zoom into women executives in particular, because at this point, Africa needs women as leaders. Why? Women are transformational leaders, naturally. One, they are teachers, which is one thing that is required at this point, because you mm. need to trust and trust the responsibility of your organization, of your department to somebody you are not physically in contact with. And therefore, women are able to do that. The second thing is that from the point of nurturing, because now we're dealing with wounded souls, people that are stressful with respect to the challenges that they're experiencing from uh, COVID-19. So you need leaders that are empathic. So they, they, that empathy uh, that they bring into the workplace remotely and face-to-face -face is very crucial to turn things around within the continent. And it is therefore positioning women even better. Then the other third point which I want to raise is the virtual schooling. Mothers were actually forced to supervise their children uh, in terms of uh, the syllabus, education and all that. Yes, it was a challenge in the beginning, but there are positives in terms of looking at the young executives that now, one, they cannot participate at board levels because of awkward hours that they have to be in meetings. Now it means that they are able to hold those meetings virtually whilst balancing uh, the, their responsibilities as mothers. The second one, it says you can go and work anywhere. There are no restrictions. So you are able to take your children with you to anywhere in the world and work there. And the virtual schooling is a in terms of you as an executive. So from the growth point of women, there are advantages which we need to leverage on and reposition ourselves as women, especially women executives that out of this process, especially the decision makers that are dealing with policy issues in the workplace, there are certain things that need to be embraced that were positives out of uh, COVID-19. Wow. Amazing, amazing, amazing expansion that you are making there. The element of trust for me is very important. And you are raising the issue of trust to say, uh, is, the, is, is, is the world ready, Mambi? Is the world ready? Because every time we know, and I'm happy that you are talking about corporate executives. Me and you know that every time when a woman executive is appointed, a question is being asked. Is it based on the quota just to fill in the quota to comply with the quota or is it based on merit? It's one question that 
these women executives in corporate in particular, they are faced with this question because their ability is always questioned. And you are saying, this is the time now where the element of trust is so important. When we make those appointments, when we deal with women executives, particularly in corporate, we need to deal with, with them based on trust, nothing else but trust. It's very true. Because when uh, people are trusted and there's a mutual relationship of trust, people are very open in terms of how they engage. And I think the main issue, other than the capability of women being able to deliver, the one thing that has been the main one is that what the life, the work life, uh, uh, family life balance that all the time we say, oh, okay, they have to go and pick up the children and, 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 and. So it was used to the disadvantage of women as though they are irresponsible. And I'm saying with the uh, COVID-19 organization, they need to go back to the drawing board and revisit their policies to really accommodate and embrace these positive things that have happened because it has been proven that people can continue working from home and people are disciplined enough to deliver, not necessarily being in the workplace. And therefore, it talks exactly to the issues that have been raised against women executives, that the, the flexi time, that's other thing, is there's been a talk around the flexi time and it's never, very few organizations have implemented that. And COVID-19 has actually focused, forced on that because you need to uh, give people a scope to say, this is what is expected in terms of delivery. But the how part, again, the element of trust, the how part is solely dependent on the person that has been given that responsibility. And, and, and therefore, now this is the time to level the field and give women their rightful position because one, I want to go back to the issue of women as natural. I want to go back to the issue of women as teachers. I want to go to the element of women as empathetic human beings, which is very important because we are in a situation where there's too much instability in the organizations as a result of across, it doesn't affect just women. Everybody mm -hmm. in the organization, there is instability, there's discomfort. And women have got that listening ear that will say, it's okay. Even if at this point you are not able to operate optimally, I'm here to support you. I'm here to lend an ear to be able to understand your challenges. I'm here to understand your pain. And once you embrace the employees, it's easy to rebuild build that team that is prepared to say, you know what, we are in this situation, but I'm prepared to restart because I feel this is home. My yeah. work is home, so I'm embraced. Okay. I, I hear you, uh, but, but one would look at it differently and saying the situation as it stands right now does not necessarily, it's not conducive to the environment of me. And I'm gonna make an example and I would like your view uh, on that. To say before COVID, it was easy because women would leave their homes and they would go to work. And that gives them something like a separation of roles, sort of like a breather between 
the kids, the home, the executive at home, and also and, and, and going to work. But now, somebody would argue to say this situation, that's where we're going to see a lot of trauma, a lot of depression, because now you find these women are stuck at home and with, with no separation of roles. A lot is expected to them. A lot is expected because they, they can separate between being mothering, virtual schooling, mostly when we talk about virtual schooling, let's be honest. It's women mostly who are actually doing the homework of the kids who are doing all those things. And yet they are expected to perform. And one would say, is that not going to hinder their performance in their corporate role? And that may be seen or be viewed as incompetent, but not because they are incompetent, but because this environment that COVID has provided is not really conducive to them. You know that we are known for multitasking as women. <laughs> That's a fair yeah. thing. And the second thing is that men, they do take work home and mm -hmm. uh, they will focus. What, would, uh, uh, what difference will it make if it's a woman doing the same thing? taking into consideration that what I've said that we can multitask. The failure of most women is because their role as executives is not embraced at home. And the very separation that you're talking about is detrimental to the growth of women. Until your children appreciate your role as an executive and be part of your journey, until your husband embrace your role as an executive, and embrace that journey. We will still find women that actually at the peak of their lives in terms of uh, corporate growth, they drop off or they divorce because that growth is not embraced. And I'm saying with COVID-19, it actually enforces that, that now you must respect me that I'm an executive. I'm going to be planning my life at, at home as somebody who's able to be flexible and multitask to know that these are the roles that I will perform. It also ensures that the family as a collective takes responsibility of managing the home. Remember, we're talking about gender equality and therefore it, it challenges men themselves to also take a responsibility in managing the chores at home and also the children be part of that process. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm here. I'm here, Mambi. I was saying actually just a few, few days back, I mean, our sister, uh, Nancy Linda Kalembe, ran for the, president's, uh, for the presidency for the first time. I mean, the youngest in the history of that beautiful uh, country, Uganda. I've been following the, the elections very closely and Part of the reason why I follow those elections closely is because I know her, you know, I'm in support of her and all that. Where, when you look at media across, when you look at the news coming from that particular country, it's all about uh, the, main, the main challenger, Bobby Wynne, and also uh, President Museveni. Now, there's a question. That is why for me, a question of trust is important. There's a question that is constantly asked whenever a woman leader incorporate or as an executive level comes up or emerges to say, are we ready for a woman leader? Are we ready for a woman president? Are we ready? Which for me is an irrelevant question that we should never ask. And I want your views on that. 
That is the question that we need to do away with. We must talk about leaders, just leadership, not women leaders. But because we are at this stage that we need that recognition, we will emphasize the point that women are as capable as men, but we're not raising the, 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 the point of uh, women as leaders just for the sake of raising that point as of women, but we want to make sure that women are equal partners in terms of leadership across the board, whether you're looking at political leadership, whether you look at corporate leadership, whether you're looking at government leadership. So the point of, are we ready? We'll ask that question until something happens. We are saying as women, we are ready. Give yeah. us a chance, we'll do it. This is what I'm saying. So that question must not have any space in terms of... Yeah. Mambi, I've had the honor uh, of interviewing uh, one powerful woman. I'll just, I'll just remember the name right now. Uh, she's a member of parliament in Namibia. And when I spoke to her, she raised very important issues about policy at work and the working environment, particularly for women executives, to say at work, like the, the, the workspace is not conducive for the, the physiology of a woman to be there. And she makes, she makes an example for pregnant women, you know, who are going to work. Nothing, no special arrangement is made for pregnant women to actually survive in that space. And she made another example to say in parliament, just in parliament, a woman cannot go there uh, breastfeeding because just breastfeeding a baby at that time, it's regarded as being unprofessional, but it's, it, it's part and parcel of what women are. It's, that should be, a space should be created for that, particular, for that particular role. I agree. That's why we need women at the executive level. We need more women as, as CEOs because they will understand those policies of saying we need a daycare facility. We, we need a, a, a space where, you know, women can be able to bring their babies to work the small as they are, you know, because there is a special room for them to, to connect. And it takes into consideration the issue of flexi hours. Because if you've got a daycare in the facility, as a mother CEO, I'll go in there, you know, during my tea break, I'll go and connect with my child. My baby, I go and breastfeed. There's nothing wrong with that. So there needs to be uh, more women. That's what we're pushing for. Well, women as chairs of the board of enlisted in, in companies, more women uh, as executive in terms of CEO roles, because they will go, are going to be influencing those policies. More women as presidents, because they're going to influence more women as MPs and MPLs, because when there's voting there in these policies, and legislation, they will know better because it's their life. I mean, being pregnant, there's nothing wrong being pregnant. Being a life, <laughs> bringing life to earth, how can that be so bad that you have to shy away, you know? And, and therefore, these are the things that need to be addressed. Yeah, I, I, I had a conversation and a very strong conversation with one of my friends, he's a professor at the university. So this guy is complaining that no, they've just appointed this lady and now this lady decided to be pregnant when they needed her most. And I said, nonsense, nonsense. I mean, 
why should be a disappointment just because you appointed the you appointed a woman and then you must control her her birth you know you must control the birth you must put in a birth control sort of like programming i said that's that's patriarchy at its best because no one is actually guarding and controlling and policing how men are going to do things. So it's still a problem, to be honest, where women are told in this six months, in this year, you cannot be pregnant. That's exactly why you find, if you go to listed companies in the boards, you look at CEOs, you'll hardly find anybody who's under 40. Very few. Because that, that age is age that is still, that, uh, still bearing children and all that, you know exactly because of those uh, uh, mentalities. If somebody pitches for an interview and is pregnant, already there's a negative thing to say, how, no matter how good she is, you know, oh, you know what, maybe three months or six months down the line, she goes, she's going to go on maternity, as though it's a, it's a sin to do that, you know, to fall pregnant. And these are the things that needs to be changed. And they can only be changed when there's diversity in the workplace with women having equal power in terms of decision-making at those levels. And one of the points that many people would consider to be a light point, because we are talking about whether COVID, I mean, is COVID-19 disruptive or a catalyst for a transformed workplace conducive for women executive to thrive? One of the things that came up in the conversation is, I mean, offices for the executives, you know, even the, the chairs, I mean, where they sit, many of them are uncomfortable, are not designed to handle the anatomy and the physiology of, of women. Now, are you saying in your view, Mambi, when you say, these are some of the positives that executive women can take from, uh, from the COVID situation. Now they are able to be in, in spaces that they're comfortable with, that support, you know, they can regulate and actually decide to say, this is comfortable for me and this can work for me and therefore I can be more effective. Indeed, indeed. I mean, you go to most offices, you have this dark furniture that, you know, it's mainly and you're supposed to be in there and comfortable and all that. I mean, the chairs that you're talking about, but now uh, working from home, it gives you the comfort to be, to be yourself, to be free, but what is required is delivery. But also if you go have to go back to the work environment, the point that I was raising of, of, of women in decision-making uh, positions, then they're able to change those things. But working from home in terms of what uh, the lockdown has uh, brought about, you know, COVID-19 lockdown, you know, it gives women flexibility to be themselves and be able to practice and practice their flexibility in terms of multitasking and taking care of their children and the family and most importantly sharing the responsibility because you guys don't run away you have equal responsibility of running the home not looking at the newspaper or focusing <laughs> at doing your work let me welcome those who've just joined our conversation right now we are live on a set on air we're having our conversation. And today's key leadership masterclass is, is COVID-19 disruptive or a catalyst for a transformed workplace conducive for women. Uh, 
women executives to thrive. So I know we do have a couple of people who are joining this particular conversation. If you are joining this conversation, you are allowed. You can, if you've got a question, a comment, or an experience that you want to share with us, you can actually write your comment here. And then our admin would actually make us aware that there are questions or there are comments or your experience as a woman, what's your experience, even as a man, if you are joining the conversation, what is your experience? But I'm sure later at the end of our conversation, we'll be giving some time, probably around quarter two, we will be opening up, you know, for questions from the audience. If you have a question, you'll be allowed to ask your question. I'm not alone, I'm joined by B Hakula. I'm in conversation with her right now. We're unpacking the role uh, of, of, of COVID-19. Yes, there are so many negatives that have actually affected our world, but we are specifically zooming into this question. Is COVID-19 disruptive? Or how we can use it as a catalyst for a transformed workplace conducive for women executives to thrive? Now, a very, another important issue, Mambi, is we know one of the challenges, traditionally challenges of leadership, People listen to you more when they see you every day. People respect you more, and it's not supposed to be like that, when they see you every day. But with social distancing, working from home, women executives working from home, some of them who are leading the boards, I mean, the just the executive management, you know, me and you know the executive would find that it's boys, it's a boys club. The board, uh, the board it's, it's, it's boys club. The presence or non-presence in as far as every day going there, what impact is it going to have for women executive? They don't see her every day going to work. How does she enforce her presence to say, I am here and this machine has to run? Uh, I didn't get that question. Say, you're saying how they enforce their yeah. in terms yeah. of uh, being yeah. position to their yeah, I'm saying. Remember when we are when when we are centralized in a centralization situation, mm -hmm. she comes to work every day. People see her, and that presence plays a role. But now she's at home, and she has to organize and to drive this machine. We can't underestimate the power of presence. When there's a man, they've not seen you. Uh, but to assert your leadership? I disagree. Uh, in the beginning, yes. It happens that you need to assert yourself and earn the respect, which is one thing that women are good at. Uh, why I'm saying that, normally when we get into an organization, and I've done it many times in various executive positions that I've uh, I've held and I've seen other women doing similar is that you scan the environment and you come in from a position of trust. You are able to say even people that were never trusted with anything that you trust them, you give them responsibility. We are, um, as women leaders, we don't believe everything. Most women that have actually excelled as leaders you don't believe in that when you come in, which is more the trend of most uh, male executives. Male executives, they come into organization, they want to overhaul, they want new team. Whereas women, they come in, 
they want to identify within the existing uh, uh, personnel, the people that they can work with, people that are willing to work and therefore it assists in terms of embracing women and, and people that are able to deliver. And it also brings confidence in terms of saying, you know what, we're very scared that uh, things will roll, uh, heads will roll, which is the term that they use most in corporate, you know, <laughs> that now we yes. you know? yeah. But now when the woman comes in, that is totally different and it makes people relax. It makes people uh, operate from a position of trust immediately. And it means therefore you build that team that is trustworthy, but also is also trusting you. Then later on, you are able remotely to give responsibility and deliver it. I'll tell you the example where when I was still in the corporate uh, environment employed, the time that I would take my leave is beginning of the year, uh, January, after January, February. And that is a very crucial time where you have to do your annual reports. The reason of me doing that, it was a position of having built a team that is so trustworthy. I would strategize in December while they would actually be on leave and all that and share everything. But as we wrapping up and having our reporting, I would use leave my executive assistant with senior management and they would trust because when they see her, they would see me and when we deliver our annual report, it's for me signing at end of March because people know their responsibility. It would be just a workshop. <clears throat> I didn't have to handhold them through the process. So that's how you build the relationship of trust with your with your with your, pers with your personnel and uh, people that you supervise. So yeah, in the beginning there's an issue of saying, oh, you know, want to see, but we are able to quickly build that relationship of trust such that we are able to, uh, to breed a, a self-directed teams that can deliver whether we are there or not there remotely. Uh, we can uh, work with them remotely and deliver as expected. Very important, very important conversation. You are still tuned in to our set on air. It is Leadership Masterclass. I am Sam X alongside B. Hakula. And today we're asking a question, is COVID-19 disruptive or a catalyst for a transformed workplace conducive for women executives to thrive? If you do have questions or a comment, you can just go to our comment section and send those comments there. And our admin will make us aware in uh, how many minutes, in seven minutes, we will be actually taking your participation or we will be opening up for questions or for comments in seven minutes time. In other words, in 1845, I know in other countries it is 1945. Depending where you are throughout the world, we are so happy to be interacting with you. You are raising a very important point to say, and in fact, I did a study when I was doing that study, when we do women leadership versus women leadership. It was discovered that, you know, one of the weaknesses, uh, one of the things that are taking many organizations down, particularly when men are at the helm, is that when they get into the positions, they start to rank people. They're just working with ranking people. But when a, a woman leader comes in, 
they interlinked people. They create relationships. There's no ranking when coming to that. It's more about creating, creating winning relationship. Now, there's this old age question, Mandi, and unfortunately, I cannot go without asking you this question. Probably it annoys you, but we still got to continue to ask this question to say, is it a myth or is it a fact? The cooperation of other women when a woman is at the helm, there's this notion that women don't support each other. Women don't like to work with each other. Is it a myth or is it a fact? You know, the issue of relationship, one of the things that I do, I do series on, on the five C's of relations because this is a, a matter that talks to how you manage relations. It's got nothing to do with women alone. Uh, it's about managing the relations. There are perceptions when you come into the organization sometimes uh, that uh, result into attitudes, whether it's a male or a female coming in, uh, especially if you're coming in from outside, that there might have been people that have particular interest in that job. And therefore, if you come with that attitude, already you are positioning yourself uh, negatively as you join yeah. the team. Remember, you as a leader, you are the one who's coming in. So you cannot impose yourself in a way that will actually um, affect your relations. So it is important how you manage your relations. You mentioned something earlier on that women, they don't rank. And that also works to the advantage of managing such relations, whether it's a woman or a man that is actually playing your role as a leader because you are able to work with people in another layer and deliver. And with time, uh, you know, uh, people will uh, slowly, you know, embrace who you are. And I want to say in terms of women uh, not supporting another woman, there are some who do that, but I think it depends on you on how you re react. That's why I'm saying it's an issue of relations because there are also men that are, you know, male chauvinist. When they see a woman, you know, it's a no-no. So they'll fight, they'll do everything, you know, to, um, uh, play her down and and um, make her fail, you know. So it's not a, a woman only issue, but it's how you manage relations. Whether it's a man who's not respecting you as an executive or a leader in your position, or another woman who's actually uh, envying, because envy can also result into jealousy, which is not very good, you know. So that's how you manage relations. Because if you embrace that person and show that I'm here to empower you to embrace you and share some of my expertise of how I got here. So immediately you actually changing that relationship for better. What would you say to ambitious, goal-driven young women who are entering the corporate space? What advice would you give to them? One, you need to be yourself because everyone's got their own strengths. Authenticity is very important. And the, the second thing is that if you're coming in as an executive, still most organizations have got men as executives. And as women, yeah. we must be conscious that as a leader, you don't have to be like men. Leadership as a woman, there are very good qualities 
of a woman as a leader, that will make you a better leader than any other person. Then the third thing is that always get yourself a mentor. Getting, if you are new in, the, in any position, it's good to have a coach. Somebody who's actually walked the path. That's one of the reasons that we also have this program because we've got a list of mentors that are ready and willing to support the young women that are coming on board in this position. Also those that are actually aspire, aspiring. And then they will decide if you need a coach because they're professional coach, uh, coaches as well. I'm one of them as well, John Maxwell coach. So uh, we're able to get somebody even now, I still have uh, my coach of the time when I was an executive at uh, Mercedes-Benz then. Sometimes these crazy ideas of mine, I would bounce them off with him and uh, make sure that I get the support that I need. So always have build yourself and have that, those relationships that actually balancing and the five uh, C's of relations is what I talk about everywhere I go. And it's important to manage those relations as you get into the corporate environment. Okay, beautiful stuff. And I see some comments are coming through right now. And uh, there's one comment uh, from Ms. Ruth uh, Memeza Nubet saying, gender-based stereotypes are incredibly prevalent and durable. And they operate not only, they operate, where, where am I? Uh, Okay, yeah, okay. They operate not only at a conscious level, the level at which we can have discussions such as these, but also at the unconscious level, very true. And continue to say 40% of managers avoid hiring younger women to get around their maternity leave. Very, very important point. And uh, Teresa Taylor says, I also feel that women sometimes find it difficult to work with each other. And that is because they are all striving to show their worth and competing with each other to rise higher in the organization. But if a woman is in a position of power, then these women react, just as B has said, they help one, they help other women up the ladder. They do not pull it away when they get, when they get to the top. The issue of competition, uh, Bambi, is very important that Teresa is actually raising here to say, for many of them, it's about competition, you yes. know, to rise because there's a limited space for women, but now they say we want to compete for this space. So they think the failure of the other one would actually open up a door for them. Your thoughts? Uh, you're actually forcing me to talk about the five C's, but I'll just do that <laughs> because it's a session on its own. Yeah, because first you need cooperators. When you yeah. get any position you need cooperators people will support you people that you can work with that's why i was talking about earlier on of saying women when they get into they not look at levels so you quickly identify people that can support your vision you know then the second uh, one is your complimenters people that will come in and compliment what you do so you identify people mostly that people that are at your level but they're offering different skills that you might not necessarily have, and they'll make you look good. Then the, the other one is around uh, your competitors. Yes, even in, 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 in um, personal level, you have 
what you call them as competitors. These are the people that would like to be where you are. That's why the, the, the element of jealousy, envy uh, being um, displayed as jealousy. And you don't have to fight that. You need to embrace because these are the people who want to be like you. Exactly because you are saying they are limited uh, positions. It's why, that's why we're saying you must always have the attitude of lifting as you rise. I sometimes say working yourself out of a job is a good thing because it takes you to another level. And in, in, in that case, these are the people who might be uh, looking up to you and trying to be like you and as, aspiring to be like you and envying you. And then there's that element of, of uh, that is perceived as uh, pull her down uh, syndrome, you know. So it's a it's something that you need to manage. And once you are able to master and manage relations, in fact, the impact of such people that will pull you down <laughs> is you will not feel it because you are positioning, you are moving from a position of strength because out of the five C's, um, you've got only one C to deal with, the competitors, but the rest are actually supporting and embracing your cheerleaders, which is your mentors, they will come in, you know, and they speak on your behalf. So you must build your own brand by managing these relations in a way that even those who are pulling, trying to pull you down, the other people will say something otherwise about you because you've built the relations. But that is a session on its own. <laughs> I thought I was okay. just... Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Have a mentor to walk the path if you are, to if you are joining a new organization. And a feminine, don't act like a... Be feminine, don't act like a man. Stressed by B. That message is coming through from Emma Kawawa, all the way from Tanzania, one of my favorite countries in in Africa. Tanzania. In fact, one of my favorite presidents in the African continent is President John Pombe, Joseph Magufuli. Have a mentor to work with you in the path if you are joining a new organization and be feminine. Okay, that's message coming through from Emma. Okay. We are just left with 11 minutes before we wrap up our conversation right now. Please, if you do have a question or a comment, raise up your hand. We're opening up for you. When you have a question, please, this is the time. Raise up your hand and then, yeah, let's have this interaction. What are your views? If you have been following our conversation right now, probably you want clarity on something or you have an experience that you want to share with us or it's a question or a comment. Please raise up your hand and let us know what you, what you have what you have to say, because we only have 10 minutes to be precise, and then we'll be rounding down, rounding down the conversation. In the meantime, I'll go through some of the messages that are coming through from Kanyisa. Says, women building their own brand, noted uh, Mahakula. She liked that to say, it's time for women to build their, their, own, their own, own brand. Mambi? Very important for women to, to establish themselves and not to be the shadow. You know, sometimes the success of women has always been characterized by being a shadow of somebody, but not being the main thing. Very true. 
very true. That's also one of the reasons that I actually liked uh, uh, the uh, Nancy Kalimbe's uh, um, <laughs> challenging you know, yeah. as president because she stood on her own. And if you mm -hmm. look at other countries, you uh, in Ghana and all that, you find that there's a, a male president say taking under his arm uh, Madam so and so and all that. And I didn't like it. I didn't. I was asking why can't they themselves, you know, stand and you know and get that support if they feel that they can do it. Yeah. So uh, really, it is important that you yeah. yourself and not stand as a shadow of any other person. And it starts one for understanding your strength and being authentic and being confident about you. And it's very easy when you know what you're strong at, you are able to put your best foot forward and, uh, and move with confidence. Absolutely. I mean, that's, there's no case actually in debating that. That's very, that's very important. Okay. One message coming through from Mofe Nipula. He's actually my friend. Uh, he joined the conversation and he says, we thank platforms like this that gives us a new perspective of matters. Branding is key as it goes on to who, who you associate yourself with. I thank you for such an intriguing and informative session. Mofeni, thank you very much all the way from the Northwest province of South Africa, to be precise here in Mahigeng. We really appreciate that. Positive Comments are coming through, positive feedback is coming through, Mambi. For a launch of a masterclass, I mean, it should be encouraging for you as the founder of the platform. I really appreciate that. And there's still more to come. You know, we really are looking forward to engaging and making sure that we breed another level of women, especially the younger generation that will uh, yeah. compete equally with our young yeah. men. <laughs> <Yes>. so <laughs> that this uh, thing of women uh, president women ex ceo women whatever you know that that uh, prefix is dealt with and it's no longer uh, very important but we are just talking about a leader uh, which is on the equal footing with uh, yeah. them to be honest, uh, Mambi, for the past 10 years, this is what I have been doing solely. This is what I have spoken to so many people in my life, you know, from all walks of life, from presidents to CEOs to spiritual leaders. I, I mean, a broad range, but I have never met one person with a rich catalog of network as B. Hakula. That I need to say, I have never come across a person with a, with, a, with a rich catalog of a powerful network like you do. Because through you, I've been able to talk to so much, to so many powerful women across this continent, presidential candidates, former presidents, CEOs, and everyone. So I'm actually excited uh, about starting this. And there's so many things that we will be talking about going forward. And there's one more comment coming in right now that I need to go through quickly. A confident woman uses positive words in her conversations to build herself and others up. She doesn't have to put other people down in order for her to feel good about herself. A conversation with a confident woman will leave you feeling very inspired coming through from Ruth right there. So I'm so grateful, Mambi, and I'm saying 
I'm looking forward to so many conversations. And I know next week, who's going to be joining us on the show to, uh, next week? Next week, we're having Anne Planers. She's a leader in the ICT environment and she's the founder of We Are One, which is actually uh, training uh, young people and the majority prioritizing women on ICT. We know the challenge in the environment of ICT uh, and it's a very powerful program for Africa, which is yeah. really talking to what we're all about and saying, let's be in there and support one another and get the younger generation with an equal footing. And we encourage everyone who's joining us for the first time today, please go out, let the word spread. Go out and tell others every Wednesday between 1600 hours Central African time for us to be here. We've got a powerful mentorship program running concurrently where these amazing people who have walked the path before, they're willing to carry you with their hand and for you to walk in their walked trails. So you don't want to miss a session or a platform like this. So that's basically, that's how we come to the end of our conversation today. I'm not sure if there's anything that I'm leaving behind. Nothing except that we will share uh, in terms of uh, the next uh, program uh, on the links and on our website. You can also refer uh, people who'd like to watch this uh, episode uh, to our website, which uh, I request that it be flighted there on the chat box by our support team, Kevin, to make sure that everybody can access the information and the schedule for next week will also be out there. So please go to our website, www.assertivewomen.com. It will be reflected there and encourage people uh, you can affiliate as a, a mentee, dial a mentor there. So once you get to the website, you navigate, you'll be able to get more information in terms of how we move forward with this program. Thank you very much for your time. We are grateful everyone joining us. Merci, Nchechu, uh, I see you. Tessa Taylor, we are grateful. Tandi Le, Nteto, Ntombiente, Nomtanda, Zompande, Mufenipule, Malega, Kanaka. Lorraine, I see you. And then Lita, thank you very much. Kanyisa, we appreciate you. Jeremy Sitseho, we appreciate you. Emma Kagawa, thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate everyone who is here today. We don't take your contribution or your participation or your attendance light. We value it so much. And a big thank you to our production team, Kevin Masika, who's our ICT director at Asset Media. And also Ruth Memeza Nube is the editor-in-chief, Asset Media. Ms. B. Hakula, thank you very much. You know, you've done amazing. And also as the founder of this amazing program, it's been a great pleasure. My name is Sam X, and I'm so honored to be doing this. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. Bye-bye.